Hi, and welcome to Screens and Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana, and today we're talking about The Walking Dead Season 11, Episode 12, along with our recommendations on The Batman, The Atom Project, and more. Margaret is back joining me today. How are you, Margaret? Oh, I'm feeling really good. How about you, Diana? I'm doing awesome. Yay! Good! We're back at it! (laughs) Yes. Yes, we are. (laughs) Okay, so for us, this recording week is St. Patrick's Day. The episode is entitled The Lucky Ones. So I thought, wouldn't it be perfect if our question of the day was, who has the most luck on The Walking Dead? So Margaret, tell me, who do you think, out of all the characters, who has the most luck? Well, I personally think that Pam has the most luck because she's in a position of power and nobody's fighting her for it. And she's very insulated and she's get she has a beautiful manicure and everything that she wants. She's clean. (laughs) She's dressed well. She's well fed. I mean, she's lucky. Oh, that's a good one. I like it. (gasps) Wow, wow, wow. I love that. See, I was just thinking about all of our characters and I thought, well, of course, my mind always goes to Rick. I just always does. And I was thinking about how he got shot in the very beginning and lived and he's been injured so many times and then he was impaled, right? And so everybody thinks, then he gets blown up on a bridge. So I'm thinking Rick. Rick has yeah. a lot of luck and he gets flown away on a helicopter. So I was thinking, yeah, he has a lot of luck. But, you know, I wanted to share with you, I did a poll today. I wish I had more time, but I just put it out there. But I did get responses. So I wanted to share those with you. So yeah. I gave the options of Rick. Carol, Daryl, and Negan. And what's interesting is there was a clear leader and the other three were tied. Oh. Do, huh. do you want to give a wild guess as to who was the leader? Uh well, I mean I'd go with Rick Will, like what you said, but I don't think so. I think it's Negan probably. Well, the three that were tied were Rick, Carol, and Negan. Oh. And the person who got the most votes was Daryl. Huh. Why, so people, though? Why do you think that? Because, I, I mean, he works hard. He doesn't have luck. He's a very, he's a strategist, you know? Yeah. So I don't, I is. think he gets out of a lot of his situations just because he's smart and he's, he's street smart and he knows what, how to get out of this. So I don't think that's luck, you yeah. know? I, I hear what you're saying. I totally get it. But maybe people think, you know, he's lucky. Because I also, I also think People can create their own luck. Totally. I agree. So so that could be what they see or sense. So maybe they think he's being lucky. We see it as him working hard and figuring out how to survive. And so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was a cool question. I like it. Yeah, no, it's a good question. Yeah. So friends out there, let us know what you think. Who has the most luck? On the Walking Dead. You can leave us a comment on social media, our website, or email at screensandfocus at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. The links are in our show notes. 
Okay, so episode 12, The Lucky Ones. The Commonwealth Convoy travels to Alexandria, Hilltop, and Oceanside to offer a partnership agreement. Pamela meets Aaron, Maggie, and Rachel as Hornsby pushes his agenda. Ezekiel is surprised to find he is scheduled for surgery, and Max, a.k.a. Stephanie, comes clean to Eugene. So, Margaret, what did you think of this episode? I really enjoyed this episode because it wasn't just one storyline. It was multiples, and they were all intertwined, and everybody got a piece. So I was really entertained because I don't I don't know if I like it so much when it's just one person's thing. Like last week with Eugene, that was interesting. But um, I find a variety of interactions and relationships that are being represented is much more interesting than just one note all the way through. Yeah, I agree. I thought there were so many different moments that I liked in this episode and that everybody had these mini conversations And I like that we learned more about Governor Pamela Milton. And I was surprised that she wasn't as dislikable as what I thought she would be. I I thought, oh, I'm going to hate this woman. She's going to be a terror. (laughs) But I found her actually pretty likable. There were moments in there I thought, oh, is she genuine? Is this really her? Um, Because she was revealing a lot of herself. Or we were able to learn a lot about her through this episode. Mm-hmm. The way she was with Maggie, I felt like that moment when they went for their walk, they had their conversation, uh, when the walkers were coming up on them, and Maggie says, do you want me to take this one that was behind her? And Or she says, or do you want it? And Pamela says, well, I got the one that's coming up behind you. I just, I, I really liked watching Uh, them together. I really appreciated seeing Pamela in that way. And also when uh, Max was recalling the events of, of her story, how we see Max come in to talk to Pamela, and Pamela tells her that she's going to cut off Sebastian, his, um, his credit card line, his whatever, not credit card, yeah. but his credit, credit line. Yeah. Line, yeah. Of credit. Yeah. line of credit. Yeah. Maybe it'll shape him up. So I just felt like we were learning so much about her. And also when she was at Alexandria and she knew Deanna from the picture and she talked about Deanna to Daryl and what kind of a person she was. So I just loved all of that and finding out all of those things about her. But I did feel sorry for Aaron because he was trying to make Alexandria look the best that he could. And it was funny because he was telling people, oh, put the plant in front of the that window. And and then he had that worried face when that um, when they had that breach and the walker came and he reminded me of one of the of a parent who's trying to get their kid into like some school prestigious like <laughs> kindergarten or something. And then your kid yeah, starts yeah. pulling the fire alarm and running around. You're like, ah, stop. You know, we're not going to get in. So I felt like he was really trying to um, impress her. And it wasn't working because she was finding out that Alexandria has fallen a couple of times and that Deanna got bit and they had to put her down. So, um, you know, it wasn't looking good for Alexandria. And so uh, that was disappointing to uh, Aaron. 
what else did you see in this episode? What about Daryl and Mercer? Well, that, I mean, this episode for me was between Maggie and Pamela was more of a competition. Uh-huh. And, you know, one is very rudimentary and crude, Maggie, because she's got the knife. Pamela's got the gun. Maggie's in jeans, boots, and a t-shirt. Pamela's in a suit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I thought it was really kind of interesting, just the contrast between each of them and how they're approaching the same situations. One is a little bit more rough and ready, and the other one is just like, oh, yeah, I'll polish you off, kind of. So there's a, a distinction between the two. And it probably is also reflective of how they would be ruling. Well, Pamela rules. Maggie doesn't really rule. She makes these decisions, but it's all from the gut, you know. May right. not be the, the smart thing to do, but it's more, she's emotionally driven, whereas Pamela is calculated. So um, the other thing I noticed was that the relationship between Daryl and Mercer, they were comparing stories and trying to, me- not overtly measuring up against each other because Daryl wasn't playing that game, but Mercer was just really trying to figure out how he, what makes him tick and, you know, what his experience was. And Daryl knows he will be judged if he tells him what his history was. That's why he avoided that question because it doesn't matter anymore, you know? Right. So right. I thought it was, uh, interesting and pretty telling because there's still, there's still, he's, Mercer's still trying to figure out where Daryl is because Daryl is sketchy, you know? I mean, look at him. His bangs were cut in one scene and they weren't cut in the rest of them. I mean, I don't know. He got a haircut in the middle of the day. I don't know. But I noticed (laughs) it. Look how fun. Did you see that? No, Like when he's leaning against the back of the truck before they're pulling out the food and all that other stuff. I mean, his hair, Uh his bangs were like, you know, mid forehead, Maybe he's just sweat. I don't even know. But it looked like he had gotten a haircut. Um, mm. So it was kind of funny. Yeah. But it was, you know, it was interesting, you know, from that perspective to see how that relationship is sort of evolving. Because they're each, each is, I think, trying to figure out where the other is going or what they're playing or the roles that they play. And it, they are all roles. And Pamela, to get back to her, when she does any of her speeches or when she's out in public... As the governor, she is playing a role because we saw the real Pamela, you know, from out from behind the curtain with Maggie, talking to Maggie and then talking to Max. So it's kind of interesting because she's also playing a role. So, you know, a part. Yeah. What about Hornsby? What, what did you think? Because you had clear a clear theory in the last episode about him, and I'm just curious, has it changed at all, or do you think it's no, the same? No, it's it's very obvious to me, and it's very obvious to Pam, too, and it's almost like she's... So I, I identify with Hornsby because he's the underling who's trying to make a mark for himself and, and create some sort of power for himself, or just he needs to have purpose. And he's just kind of doing her bidding. So he really wants to have his own thing going on. And so by bringing these other places in, which are not um, developed or civilized enough for Pamela to even consider to bring into her fold, because they just are still, they still have issues, but they don't have the population. They don't have the organization. They don't have all the stuff that she's got, hence her luck. So um, in bringing together all these factions to you know, create a society, 50,000 people. That's a lot of people in this place. That is a lot of people. Yeah. Compared to a couple hundred. So yeah, um, I think 
Hornsby, he's a little maniacal, but I think that he really needs to have a purpose in, in his eyes by being able to cultivate partnerships and relationships, trade agreements, whatever, what, what have you, whatever he can coordinate is, is how he's going to feel like he's contributing. And then eventually I think he really would want to take over because. Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially with the last statement. Yeah. Yeah. So he's just trying to figure out who he can get, but he's, you know, he's, he's earning favors, you know, with these people as he goes by giving them food and supplies and Yeah, I know. When he tells Maggie, he's all trying to buy her. He's all, oh, excuse me, Maggie, do you mind if we give your, you know, your people these extra food and everything we have? And I'm like, oh, my God, you're so obvious. Yes. (laughs) Maggie can see through you. Maggie can see through you. yeah, and I, I, but I liked that we were seeing where Pamela stood and where Hornsby stood because I think it wasn't that clear before this episode. We weren't really sure about her, even though we had seen more or less where he was coming from. So I, I, I really enjoyed this episode and seeing where she is coming from. Yeah, um, truly where she's coming from, not what she, what face she puts on, right, for the public, right, yeah, yeah. So I really, really liked seeing Max and Eugene, and I kept hoping, oh, Max, I hope you are a good person. Like, I think you are. Like, I hope you are. (laughs) And that everything she is saying is the truth, because I really liked this character. I really liked her a lot. And I loved how we started off the episode with her laying everything out for us. It tied up all these loose ends. It answered questions for me that I had along the way. And we also learn about Mercer being her brother and how he came to her and said that they found that there's some rogue communication going on. He's like, oh, my God, is it you? Is it really you? Because this morning I was working on trying to figure out who it was. Um, but I really liked seeing also the them two, Mercer and Max together. And it reminded me of Tyrese and Sasha, something about that brother-sister relationship. And I miss them. I miss Tyrese and Sasha. And so now that there's Mercer and Max, and I kind of see that um, brother-sister, there is other brother and sisters, but there's just something about this that reminds me of Tyrese and Sasha that I like. So um, I thought it was cool to see that relationship too. Yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting that he was um, clearly the one who got her in and she's got to fall in line and follow the rule. I mean, he's the yeah. one that doesn't want to get kicked out and you, right. you really have to wonder why are they walking such a tight line when, you know, what is it that puts him in a position of being nervous because she is doing this thing, um, you know, contacting the outside and what yeah. do they have to fear if she contacts the outside, what are they worried about? They've got a nice little system going on. You know, they're protected. They have a military, for God's sakes, you know? Well, she had talked about wanting to leave. So there is something that makes her want to leave. Right. And so I think Mercer doesn't want to be out there. He likes it here being protected for whatever reason. Maybe we'll find out more. You know, I want to go back to you were talking about the conversation between Mercer and Daryl. And I found it interesting that he is kind of guiding Daryl. Like, I 
think like we had talked about, I think him and Daryl have this, you know, respect for each other. And I think he's telling him, hey, they're always looking. So, yeah, you know, but then at the same time, he says, you know, you're playing your role, too. And that's why you're not wearing your trooper outfit. Um, so it, it's interesting how he's how Mercer's playing. He's telling him enough, uh, Daryl, enough to say, you know, watch your back. But then he's also telling him, you know, you need to stay in line if you, I guess, right. want to continue with us. So Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And they always tell you, you find somebody to confide in. And maybe Mercer's never really found anybody who is in. Maybe Mercer has a checkered past as well. And that's why right. he wanted to know if Daryl did, because that's right. another similarity that they could relate on. Yeah. relate to within each other. So yeah. connection. Uh-huh. It's funny how when you were talking about Pamela and Maggie and their distinct differences, it made me think of Mercer and Daryl and their mm-hmm. distinct differences when they mm-hmm. were walking down the way from each other because and then when they had Daryl fall in line. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm I mean Daryl looks so out of place in the way that he, <laughs> yeah, was, he did. The way yeah. that he was walking, the way that he looks. <laughs> It was so... uh, And he was a leader. I know. Kind of. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh. Let's talk about Ezekiel and Carol. Oh, that was another thing about luck. Because um, Jerry tells Ezekiel when Ezekiel finds out that he got moved up in the line, he didn't understand how that could happen because he was so far down the line. And Jerry says, you know, just take it. Maybe it's coincidence. Maybe it's luck. You deserve a little luck. And I loved how Jerry got so excited for him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but then of course, Ezekiel's like, what is going on? And then Carol comes over and tell, you know, and of course he can, he can read Carol's face. He's all, what did you do? (laughs) And she's all, he Hornsby owed me a favor. And, um, I liked what she said to him. It actually, the first time I watched it, I got teary eyed because she said, lesser men, have gotten this chance and done less, and you are not a lesser man. And those words, when she said them to him, I'm like, oh, oh Carol, <laughs> thank you for saving Ezekiel's life. You really do care about him. Because she tells him, I don't want you to die. I don't want yeah, you to die. And yeah. why, why should you have to die because the system is broken? It's just the way the system works. Yeah. So, and, it, you know, how can you? But if she feels if she can alter the system, she will. I found the the uh, Rosita and Eugene conversation on the deck with the baby in the back. I thought that yeah. was really very revealing because you have two people who are talking, who've known each other for a really long time. They came together for such a weird reason and um, got got along. And then Eugene had the crush and then she, you know, did her own thing because she's a very yeah. independent woman. And yeah. I just found it really interesting that she was almost find it ironic that she's a police person and, you know, part of the force. Um, but she's good at it. But he's, you know, well, you're good at everything you do. And, you know, it's just nice. But that's, you know, he's still he's still in love with her, obviously. But he just has to restrain himself. But I thought it was really interesting because to me, he came off as being very frustrated and he didn't trust how she would judge or feel about what he would reveal, which he did not reveal about the situation because he didn't know how she would react. And he was, um, 
I thought that was that was a true friend because he wasn't trying to start anything. He wasn't trying to get her in trouble or incite anything. And because he cares about her, he doesn't want to put her in a position where she's got, she'd be compromised because she has settled into this lifestyle and it's good for her right now. She's got the baby. You know, she needs something like this, something stable, something predictable, not, you know, this crazy lifestyle that they've been living. So, um, I thought it showed a lot or revealed a lot about Eugene and just his um, ability to not think about himself like a lot of people do and need to take care of himself by pushing that all out to her. However, he did with with um, Max. I mean, he can talk about that with Max. So maybe that's where obviously he will defer a lot of his feelings to her versus Rosita. So he'll be guarded with Rosita, I think, just because of what he had experienced. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, I love it, love it, love it, because you brought up so many things. So I had not thought about it that way. I love that thought. I really wasn't sure why he didn't tell her, but it makes sense loving her and being a good friend to her and not wanting to jeopardize her position. It just didn't dawn on me. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. I was also thinking about how he tells her, remember how we first met? And when they first met, he lied about who he was. Exactly. Yeah. And so it was it was almost like it was coming back to haunt him. What he mm-hmm. had done was now had now happened to him, right? Because yeah. yeah, this was fake Stephanie. And I thought, wow. So that's why he was thinking about it and telling her, you know, bringing it up to her. Yeah. So and but I loved the hug. I love that she told, kept telling him, come on, just spill it. Just spill it. You'll feel better if you just spill it. Right. And uh, that she can sense that there's something going on. And he tells her that she broke up with him rather than saying she was a fake Stephanie. Um, <laughs> and all the other still, stuff. <laughs> yeah. But still, it was very hurtful and painful for him. And, and so she, and she understood that. And I like how she says, your person is out there. It's like, yep, it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully Max is his person. I yeah, they're, they're I hope so. I really, really hope so. Do you think, though, that he will tell any of the people this, what he has experienced? I mean, any of, you know, the original people like Daryl? Do you think he'll confess to Daryl? Do you think he'll confess? I mean, who else is he tight with? Who is he tight with that he could share this with? What's her face, right. Princess? I mean, do you think he'll yeah. tell? Because she's kind of... I think he could tell her because she already yeah. knows uh, what's... And I think she's probably... I think he's going to say something to somebody because... He's got to. Uh, yeah, because it's going to become uh, a part of the story. Yeah. yeah. And so he is well, going to share yeah. at some some point. Could it be Ezekiel? Of course, Ezekiel is going to be getting better from hopefully his uh, his um, surgery. But um, but I was thinking Princess would probably be the first person because she already knows what he's gone through. Right. And she's not um, as invested emotionally no. with all right. of it. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Diane left Hilltop uh, when Maggie said she wasn't going to be a part of the the group. I understood it. I understood it because these people are beaten down. They're hungry. But I did find it interesting that she's like, because she's been a pretty big, she's been a warrior. Yeah. And she's been at Hilltop this whole time. And I'd lo- I wanted to bring up to you, you can now say Hilltop. Because <laughs> <laughs> 
that's a reviving community. Or they're back um, in action. Yeah, they're back in action. So, oh, thank God I can say whatever I. It might be wrong about the location, but at least I can say the location. Yeah, and it was nice to see. Um, it was nice to see Oceanside too. Right. It was nice to see the three yeah. communities again trying to rebuild. Yeah. And that that Rachel from uh, Oceanside said, hey, we respect Maggie and we're going to do whatever Maggie says. So if Maggie says yes, we're going with it. If Maggie doesn't say yes, we're not going with it. Yes, so. but that's a challenge, right? So that's a challenge, not just for um, Hornsby, but it's also for Pam, because even though they're nicey-nicey, there's still this competition going on. I mean, why did yeah. Maggie go out and get pheasants to eat? Pheasants are an elevated food source, okay? Because you go out and you, you know, you don't have pheasant at a restaurant unless it's like special of the day, kind of like, you know, or a special event. So I, I read a lot into that, that she was just trying to prove to this woman that she can deliver if she has to also. Mm-hmm on an elevated level. So I think there was total, there was to, for me, there was so much of that going on between just the actions and the conversation and how they reacted and what they did to prove themselves to each other. And then Maggie having those people just, we're out of here. I mean, that, how deflating that would be. So she's going to dig her heels in even more. So, and try and prove everybody wrong to her, Uh, to a fault. Because she's going to be putting people, it'll get to the point where she puts people at risk, which they already are at risk, but she will finally maybe see it. It's like they have, she has to be hit over the head a few times before she actually realizes yeah. how she could do things. A lot. Why do it the hard way? Which is what she's doing. Hmm. You know, do, why don't yeah. you go the, you know, you could do it easier. Why not make it easier for yourself? But she doesn't want to. So what, why not? What's she trying yeah. to prove? What's, you know, hmm. what's going on there? We'll find out. <laughs> How many more episodes do we have? I don't know. We, we still can... have some. We still have some. I know, so but I, I feel like this is at least 10 episodes. Well, she did say, because she does, uh, Pamela does ask her, why are you saying no? And she says, because like you said, what's it going to cost me? Right. And I get that. I oh, totally, totally get that. What is it going to cost uh, and how much are you willing to put on the line for that? And and Maggie's not there yet or doesn't want to do that. I don't know. I feel I get it. I feel both sides. I really do. I get both sides because you're you're worried about what that cost, what you're putting out is. I don't know. But you're why, selling your soul to the devil. Are you? Well, are you? You know, maybe, but 50,000 people, they're all like lemmings, right? But they want I mean, to leave. They I, No, they, they don't all want to leave. Not, you don't no, know that's that. true. No, but I, we don't know that. But the people that we have seen that probably are people that we would like or want to hang out with that probably do want to leave, right? Max is thought about leaving. Uh, yeah, Mercer doesn't say he wants to leave. Um well, I think only because Somebody it's better than it, what he yeah. had. Yeah, right. Oh, Rosita. I was going to say, Rosita says it's temporary. But she also said she misses the freedom that she had yeah. outside of that place. Right. So, and we right. still don't know. And my question really is, why? why is it not more in our face about how things are so controlled in the Commonwealth, what it, why, you know, because they're just showing us the puppies and the kittens and the cupcakes and the balloons yeah. and the whole uh-huh. cotton candy, literally, and ice cream. So I'm just wondering what, where, where's the underbelly? I mean, right. You know, what's, yeah. what is it 
that they haven't revealed? And then how are they going to tie that into, you know, some of the things that have occurred? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, cause it's all pretty, pretty, it's all very surface at this point. Yeah, it but. is. Okay, Margaret, we are at our segment and the award goes to, so I would like to know what was your favorite quote, character or moment? I, well, I just, I really enjoyed the um, Daryl Mercer connection and just show the respect that they had for each other and the ease at which they spoke with each other. And, you know, Daryl dodged that one question, but he was feeling vulnerable, you know, because this is his, this is his stomping grounds. And, you know, he, I don't know. I just, I felt kind of bad for him because he wants to do good and to bring up the past would just be like a, a black cloud over his head or just another ding in his armor kind of like. So mm-hmm. I think he has a really hard time being vulnerable and Mercer, we don't really know an awful lot about Mercer, but he is really uptight. He's an A-type personality and he really wants to walk the line because he apparently has had it worse someplace else. So I think that just finding somebody with common background and common, common thoughts, ideas, approaches, will bring him a lot of peace just day to day because he knows that there's somebody else he can identify with out there instead of these idiots who can't even, you know, shoot a gun and (laughs) stab a walker. They can't even do anything, right? I mean, the last episode was obvious. They just were incapable of handling situations. So what about you? What was your what was your favorite? It was Max and Eugene. I really, really, I felt their relationship. I really like it. I like that they can nerd out with each other, <laughs> finish each other's sentences or book ideas. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I liked when she uh, asked asked Eugene after all that time, or because she asks him, "Can I read your manuscript?" and uh, or he says, "I let her read my manuscript." And she says, you let her read your manuscript? And he says, yeah, I thought it was you. And and she says, but after all that time, everything we told each other, how could you not know it wasn't me? I agree. And I, <clears throat> I wondered the same. I thought, how did you not yeah. know it wasn't her voice? So I liked that they put it in there because that was probably a real question for all of us viewers watching it, right? Yeah. It's like, how could yeah. you not recognize her voice? So I like that they incorporated it in there. They had her ask him. I like. I really liked her a lot, Max, her personality. I just like the way she comes off. And, um, of course, he says, well, because I've been rejected a lot. And the fact that this woman didn't reject me, even though there were red flags, I just went with it because I had never been accepted like this before. So... <laughs> Poor he Eugene. Was I know, I know. But I, but uh, poor Eugene. But see, I like that there is a woman that really likes him for him for himself. See, this was like Love Is Blind, that show that I was telling show, you about. Yeah. yeah, that I was telling you about last week. Yeah. How people get to know each other without really seeing each other. It's yeah. just through your conversations, and that's what's happening here. They've. They are so in tuned with each other on how they are, what they like. And uh, so I really like it. I like seeing that in this. So that would be my favorite character moment. Yeah, it was good. It was very natural, too. It was like a they just related so well. There was such a comfort level between the two of them. That's all I was saying, really, was that it just seemed yeah. real, you know, yeah. like genuine instead of this 
artificial push, which right. so many people do. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought so. it was too. I love that. Okay, so tell me one thing you learned in this episode, and then what are you looking forward to in The Walking Dead? The thing that I'm looking forward to is just watching all of these things evolve and where they're going to take us. You know, where is it going to lead? Because they covered almost every character, you know, in this past episode with, and they all have a different um, goal in mind and a, a different path. As far as what I learned was they don't like change. Maggie hates change, which is why she doesn't want to become be vulnerable, put herself out there. You know, it's almost like she doesn't want to date again or something. I don't know, you know, because she's afraid of being hurt or taken advantage of. And that's kind of, that's the way it is everywhere in life. You just mm-hmm. kind of have to take a chance, but she doesn't want to yeah. with these mm-hmm. people. And she's, I mean, she's justified, but they could get things. They could go into it with that mindset and protect themselves against being completely damaged or ruined too. And, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to use me. I'm going to use your back. Not that I operate that way, but (laughs) personally, but, you know, I think that they could, they could figure out, you know, figure out like Hornsby, Hornsby is doing that, you know, he's throwing himself on that sword every chance he gets just so he can get it a little closer to having what he really wants. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. What did you, what did you think? Did you have anything in particular? Um, Well, I learned that a little luck doesn't hurt. (laughs) And... And what I'm looking forward to is seeing what happens with Maggie. And I'm really hoping that she made the right choice. Um, She reminds me somewhat of Rick, because sometimes Rick would make a decision that people weren't happy with, that people didn't agree with, and sometimes wasn't the right one. But you you, you understood why he did it, at least me, because I love Rick. And I don't yeah. care what he says or does. I want so to follow funny. him. So I think Maggie is kind of in that way, that way too, because I can't tell if this decision is going to haunt her or if it's going to, if everyone's going to say, ah, Maggie made the right choice. And I'm, I'm really rooting, rooting for her in, in that she made the right choice um, for her and the people that are there. But we'll know for sure. But I do want to say, So what we saw happen here was that Maggie and the rest of the group heard the alarm with the cans and the the string Mm -hmm. and they went out and got the walkers, killed them. And then they showed where all the troopers fired at all the walkers, which I thought that's what I was saying, too. How did they not get shot? Because it was like right right there. Right. But how were they there and how? And then it made me wonder where the walkers set up to make it hard like it makes me wonder if Hornsby you mean is they planned. set them up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hornsby mm-hmm. and his mm-hmm. whatever his girl. saying, "Oh, yeah. let's get these walkers <laughs> to to." And and it makes me wonder if he's going to continue to do that, like oh. like make it hard for Maggie so that right. she'll have to say she, yes. Well, who? But who wouldn't? I mean, really, why would they not want to have a more structured, safe environment just just for? The kids that they have there and everybody else who's been through hell back, you know? 
because it doesn't make any sense. I, but I also feel like they could get you in and then they could take something from you. I don't like know. Like what? Just, what are they going to take? They're, they don't have anything to get. Your life, your kids, no. your whatever, not let you out. You know, you never know. Look at, I, you never know what people will do, right? Look at the CRM on uh, the world beyond, how they take people and kill them and make them their... Oh. research. So well, you don't know what people are capable of. You don't terminus would take in people and eat them. So Maggie has been through things and we she was gone for a long time. So we don't know. I know you're laughing because I said eat them, but it's true. It's true. I know, but they don't have a reason to because they they have all their own they've got a working community. I don't know what kind of devious thing but is going on there. Yeah. No, but I mean, they've covered everything. They've got to come up with something new, right? <laughs> what, what could it be? <laughs> no, but in Maggie's mind, she doesn't, you know, she's like, oh, I don't trust these people yet. I don't know. I can't wait to find out. I can't wait to find out. <laughs> All right, Margaret, we'll continue this next week on our conversation of The Walking Dead. Right now, we're going to wrap it up and we are going to move forward with what are you currently watching? Oh, well, I watched the second season of C, and I saw that um, there is a third season that is going to be released later this, I think, fall, like late summer, fall, something like that. I don't know. But um, and it's supposed to be the last, I believe the, what I read was it was going to be the last, like the wrap up to it. And I thought, oh, that's too bad. Why? Because there's just so the characters are just so crazy. But the, oh, I don't want to say what happens because I'll give it yeah. all away if spoiler <laughs> yeah, alert. But on a, on a real note, I read that also Jason Momoa and Lisa Bonet separated. So Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's been out for a little while. I didn't realize that. That's yeah. sad. I thought they were a I know. Couple. I thought so, too. I thought um, so, too. Yeah. But anyway, so then the other... TV show that I watched, which I didn't realize is on because I have no concept of time anymore, is Survivor. I was yeah. flipping through it. I'm like, oh, it's back on. Cool. And the people are just wacky. And the thing about it, <laughs> as always, I mean, I well, love it. And these people are like, I don't know. They're very unique, uniquely individual. So I thought that was really kind of interesting. But I also, you know, I, I, I I didn't like the fact that they're doing this. It's almost like a replay of the last um, season. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, because they piled them in without them yes, having they did. been able to see the show. So they're using the yeah. same games and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, uh-huh. eh, you know, it's a little tired. Some of them. Because they're kind of, I don't know, they're more cerebral. I mean, I think, and I like the physical stuff. And even the physical stuff isn't that physical. I like it used to be. So I'm just... I'm just kind of wondering. And nobody's eating anything weird. You know, they I don't know. have I bad competition. Yeah, when they used to do that, that was so, cool. Not that, and I'm not even a hardcore Survivor fan, but because um, I just started watching it, dare I say, 10 years ago, you know. I oh, mean, I've watched it from the beginning. Yeah, not I'm me. A, I'm a Survivor never... fan. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought it was interesting anyway. Um, and they ended up voting, losing two people the first show. So I thought that was kind of wild, too. So, and then movies, I saw a really cute movie on Netflix on Saturday. It came out and it was The Adam Project and it has Ryan Reynolds in it. And I love Ryan Reynolds. He, he plays the same 
person. I mean, it's always him, but he's either nasty or he's funny or he's the extreme parts of his personality. But he's yeah, he doesn't to me doesn't do a lot of acting outside of his himself. <laughs> so you know what you're going to get. But I just thought it was the cutest little, I mean, it was inventive. There were some moments in there. I don't know if you saw it because we talked about it, but I just thought it was kind of, it had a lot of unique moments that I have not seen in a film or even maybe read, you know, I just thought it was very uh, fun movie about this guy from the future who comes back to the past and you don't know why. And they're after him. That's been done, but it just was really cute. I really enjoyed it. And everything ends up okay, of course. So it's a Hollywood movie. Yeah. So, what are you watching? I am watching Top Chef, and it's season 19, and Top it's Chef. in Houston, Texas. I Have you never watched it? Top, well, Top, am I getting that? That's Gordon Ramsay? No. Or no? Mm-mm. Who, what no, is it? It's not. Who is it? Uh, it's a, it's a show about all these, all these chefs that vie to be the top chef, and it's great. It's with uh, Tom Colicchio and Padma is the host. Hmm. And uh, it's just, oh, my gosh, it's 19 seasons. And I watch every season. I love it. It's a great competition. Mm. It's on every Thursday evening. It's on Bravo. You should tune in. It's really good. (laughs) Ah, Well, anyways, it's on Bravo. It's very good. All these chefs come. They cook. They have a quick fire. They have 30 minutes to all cook. Um, a certain dish and uh, and they could win immunity or money. And then later on in the episode, they have an elimination challenge where one of them gets eliminated. Like they all have to cook some theme or, or you know, some particular type of food and they all have to come up with their own with their own uh, dish. And it's it's just really good. It's a really good show. It's done really well. I love it. You know, the judges, it's a, I really do enjoy it. So check that out if you uh, like that type of show. I also saw The Adam Project because you had told me, you better watch this. This is funny. This is good. And I did watch it. It's on Netflix, which you may have mentioned. And it was good. We liked it. It was funny. And uh, I did enjoy it. So, and it was that whole time travel uh storyline. So it was good. So I second Margaret's uh, recommendation on that. But I did go out to the movie theaters and I saw the Batman. And I, I actually really love Robert um, Pattinson. So I was eager to see this new installment. And this movie, we see a younger Batman, which where he's only two years into his Batman hood, uh, for lack of a better word. So he's still figuring things out. And the city doesn't really trust or know what he's all about yet. When we've seen the other Batmans, it's it's deeper into um, how long they've been Batman. So this one's, like Mm. I said, more at the beginning stages. It has a distinct feel to the movie. And uh, it's basically like a crime thriller of high profile murders. And each one is left with a riddle 
And of course, Batman is the one who can solve them, right? Because, wow. you know, he's brought in to help investigate. And uh, of course, he can figure out these riddles very quickly. So I love that. Uh, we also, it's just, it's well done. It's a well done movie, although it is long. It's three hours and it, it, it could have been, I would have hoped it would have been like maybe two and a half. Uh, but we do see the penguin in this version, and I did not know, but it was Colin Farrell. Oh. When I saw he was in it, I'm like, where was Colin Farrell? Where was Colin <laughs> Farrell? I'm like, what? He was the penguin? Man, that makeup was good. That's and it funny. also stars uh, Zoe Kravitz and Paul Dano, among others, and they're really good in this. So um, I would recommend seeing the Batman at theaters. Margaret, thank you for your recommendations and your insights on The Walking Dead. Oh, you're welcome, Diana. I don't know if I <laughs> want to go see The Batman. I think I'll wait till it comes out. Totally understand. Just because of that three-hour thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally get it. All right. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in, and we hope something we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity, or inspiration. Please subscribe to our website and follow Screens in Focus and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. You can rate and review the podcast on Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This will help other listeners find us. We'll be releasing a new episode next week. Next show will be on The Walking Dead Season 11, Episode 13. You can find our website listed in our show notes. See you next time. Bye. Bye.